Hey, Andres here. Welcome to the Learning As We Go podcast, episode two. So in this episode, we introduce a new short section. What have we learned since the previous podcast, where we talk in this case about podcast lessons. And then we move towards the main section of the podcast, where we talk about having expectations or setting expectations when starting your projects as a business, as a coach, or even as a trainee. Enjoy. Hey, Mikkel. How is it going? Andres, things are pretty good, actually. Um, just finishing up a work day by having a chat with you and, um, you know, finishing up with the biggest struggle. Nah, the, the main event of, of the day. <laughs> How are you? I was going to ask you, what is the biggest struggle after this? <laughs> there are no more struggles after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, things are going well. Today, I had like an unforeseen free day. I forgot uh, that it's a holiday day for, yeah, so I didn't have work. So that's great. I'm still struggling a bit through like a very strong coffee. I had an empty stomach. So if my if my brain cannot process properly the conversation, I'm going to blame this this strong coffee. I also just but, um, want, want to tell any, uh, if there are any listeners, you should know that we had to postpone the uh, the the podcast starting on it because because Andres needed you know to I don't know what you need to do I guess lie down and down and cry and so until so your stomach was feeling better after the 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 coffee it was more the lightheaded part so I, I needed to just like close my eyes for a for a bit and like <laughs> let my 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 brain come back to inside my head and and so I could have coherent thoughts and and be able to have a conversation. <laughs> But but I'm I'm glad that I can really you know sense from what we're saying now and that's that you have been having a uh, you know brain out of body experience but um, you're doing good so far a little bit yes not what I had expected for the day but uh, yes <laughs> so uh, what are we going to talk about today yeah so we are maybe bringing in a little section that we can just uh, keep on having for the rest of the episode from now on so we. We're going to talk about what have we learned since the last podcast, a uh, little bit of sharing some lessons. In this case, we might talk about things about the podcast because we're very much in the process of figuring things out. And then after that, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about how to have or how to handle expectations when starting in your own business with, with things like setting events and trying to do things that don't work out. And there, hopefully, we can share some of our current and previous experiences. <laughs> Maybe just talking a little bit about like this middle view and all beginnings, how they're going to be. There are some things probably that you know, are going to be kind of always the same, no matter what area it's about. That's Spoiler very true. Alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, I can start out. Well, thanks for you learning. can start. <laughs> and this is the one we have in common. Uh, maybe people can already tell that after last time, um, we had a, a short chat after the, the podcast and we agreed that it's probably going to be nicer to listen to the podcast going forwards if, if we can avoid as much as possible speaking at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so today is just going to be full of, of awkward pauses. We're both like waiting for the other ones to start speaking. Yeah, we have this sacred thing, like we secret like wink at each other because, you know, we have like a video chat here. 
So until we wink, we, we don't talk. Exactly. Just just as we do in real life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I guess that, that was like lesson number one. Then the other one could be about the technical aspects of it. Just like what are the options to record audio? How can we edit it or not edit it? To, to make it more sustainable going forwards and these type of things. So yeah, just figuring out like what are the resources that the programs we we're using uh, offer and then try to make the best out of it. So already, already today I'm using a different microphone directly from my phone instead of the laptop, for example, so I can have it closer to me so it sounds better. I had a very professional setting here next to me, hanging some blankets from lamps <laughs> to absorb a bit of the echo of this room that hopefully helps a bit as well. <laughs> also looks good on the cam to have that, yeah. <laughs> and then blankets all over the place. It's a very cozy environment. Yeah, also my uh, my microphone is, is basically still just shit, but uh, it's going get to get an upgrade soon. So yeah, another spoiler alert there. <laughs> <laughs> More things are going to get better. Yeah. But one thing that I mentioned before, when we were talking before starting recording is like, it was super surprising for me how easy it is to set a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like I literally invested, I'm, I guess I'm a bit more the, the one taking care of the technical aspects of it, uh, <laughs> but it literally took me two hours, two hours and a half to set everything, including editing our previous episode. So, so now it's it's like released and published through, I think, six or seven different podcast platforms. Uh, so it's way easier than I than I thought. So I don't know if it's worth that I go a bit through the the programs we use and and how is the process, just very briefly. What do you think? Yeah, sure, go for it. <laughs> well, just for anyone that wants to learn because or or has interest in opening a podcast and and maybe like they thought or had a friction in, in thinking that it's super hard and complicated and you need to have a studio. So like super easy. You need to, to have an accounting. We're using this platform called Anchor, anchor.com, I think it is. Um, and this platform is the one that will release your podcast in all the other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many other I've never heard about before. Like I had no idea Google has a Google podcast. Uh, I don't know who listens through that. If you are listening through that, feel free to tell me how it works. <laughs> um, and then this platform works together with another platform called Riverside, which is basically like a very fancy Zoom or Google Meets. So we have like a virtual studio where we're like having this video conversation where we can record and then we can just download this and put it up in Anchor. And then that's it. You basically need to create a little profile, put a picture, a description, and you have a podcast. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. I had no idea there were so many steps. I just get on the call with you. And that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like, it's super easy and you need to do this step and this step and this step. <laughs> <laughs> but relatively easy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> just, just another thing. Maybe it can be kind of the, the small segue into into talking about beginnings. But I just want to share with everybody that after the last podcast, you got physically ill. 
<laughs> yeah. That's the that that podcast on us, but... Uh... <clears throat> Lessons I've learned. Don't put your soul and health into your podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've literally been sick since that podcast until this podcast. I, I just, I taught a workshop yesterday and the day before that I was still doubting if I was going to be able to teach that workshop. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a hard winter. It's, it's literally, it's been the third time I've been sick in the last two months and a half. I'm, I'm um, I wouldn't say excited, but very interested in seeing how uh, how you're gonna feel after the day and this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to take it much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also very uh, happily surprised to learn that we actually had a few listeners. So <laughs> we, didn't know, we didn't exactly start this podcast because we were planning on getting. I mean, it would be nice if we did, but hundreds of mm. thousands of listeners. <laughs> I think that's just as much as for ourselves as a learning experience. But um, awesome that some of you, at least, are actually paying attention. <laughs> exactly. Lessons we've learned. People actually care about what we say. What? Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, if you're listening to us, uh, we really appreciate it. And feel free always to reach us via Instagram. Are we giving our Instagrams? Yeah, I guess we are now. I guess we are. Well, I mean, if you have found this podcast, it's because you follow us on Instagram, because we've only published it there. But feel free to reach us um, there to ask questions, maybe propose things that you want us to talk about uh, in the coming episodes. Mine is a dot handstand, so very easy. A, a dot, and handstand. And, and mine is Miggle slice with a, with a dot in between, but I guess also if if people could, are only you know as of now finding us through Instagram, and yeah, they're gonna get it anyway. So go go back to our Instagram accounts and like all the content, <laughs> <laughs> all of it. <laughs> all right. Have you learned anything else since last uh, week regarding to the contents of this podcast? Hmm. <laughs> It's a good, good, good question. Um, I think it was a bit easier than I was uh, suspecting. Uh, actually, yeah, um, yeah. I'm just jumping into it. But I think my experience is also that the beginning, you know, starting out on on things, are also something you just in general can get better at by by doing it. One hundred percent. Exactly. And this, I guess, maybe is the nice segue already into our main theme of today. So talking about these expectations um, that we might have when we start and how we deal when when they are not met or when they are met more than we thought they would be also. That could be a nice uh, thing to discuss. Yeah. And I think uh, we're going to also just share that, that uh, one of the reasons why we decided to get into this topic is because uh, me and Andreas, we planned a, a workshop together here in Denmark when Andreas is coming to, to visit. Um, but because of probably a lot of different factors, we might not get enough participants to make it happen, um, which of course sucks. Uh, <laughs> always do. But we just got to talk about this. If this had been, 
I mean, right now it's like, okay, it would be nice if we were able to do the, the workshop. It's not going to happen. And that's, I mean, all right, that's that's it. We're going to move on. It's it's no big deal. We're still going to be up for doing uh, more workshops and probably going to give some more thought into uh, when and where we're going to place the next one because this one was in a uh, weekday evening. Mm. And probably for this length of the workshop and the pricing, it was a bit uh, ambitious on uh, on our side. And, yeah. um, but this time it was more like just like shrugging it off and not really caring. And I think uh, that's that's one of the things that can be really hard in the beginning when starting out your own business, for example, or starting, uh, starting teaching workshops. At least for the first of my workshops, when I set them up, uh, I remember it was uh, the very first workshop I did, handstand related, was in Ulense, and it was a uh, 30 Danish crowner per ticket. That's like, uh, what's that's this? Like, that's five euro. Yeah, five euros. <laughs> five euro, I guess it's five dollars now. I don't know how the exchange is. Yeah, yeah it's not like, it was basically nothing. Uh, but I was just starting out and wanted to get some, yeah, some, some experience teaching. And I was like, ah, anybody going to want to uh, learn anything from me? And not because my level was shit or I didn't know anything, but um, I think I was just like in the early stages of the one arm, like having it for, for five to 10 seconds, but um, that's super solid. Um, and I remember this setting it up and, and just being at least once an hour, basically, I think until, you know, a month, uh, a month before and all until the, the workshop happened, checking all the time that anybody, <laughs> I was like, shit man and where's the, my traffic and the first week when you know nobody bought it was like shit 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 <laughs> yeah did you make it in the end yeah yeah i think we had uh, i think we put up 10 spots and i think it was i think it was sold out actually or close to okay but also pr pretty cheap for a workshop and um, this is like somewhat decently uh taught yeah yeah that's not bad at all i remember my first the first one i tried to set because like I usually always had reached out to to spaces, so like to do it through their members, which is always a safer approach. Um, but the first one I did independently, so I like I had already rented the studio, and I think I got like one person, um, and of course I had already rented the studio, so I just, in my case, it, at that time I was trying to rely on this income. So it's, you know, this stress of like, which is something I guess we could also talk about at some point, this, this when, when you need the money through, through the work you're doing, that is something that is also feeding your passion or you're very passionate about and how you like deal with like, now I'm losing a bit, uh, the passion for this. And I'm just thinking like people equal money, equal income yeah. for this month and how you like um handle that situation but i mean in my case of course it sucked i felt like super bad but then in the end i just did it and i had this person that was later on she became one of my regular students in denmark yeah. i mean i gave the, <laughs> the cheapest and best private of probably ever done for like two hours and a half <laughs> but um yeah it's it, it's hard it's hard but, but i think i mean I mean, it's, it's a bit the same with us, us too, with, with the start like this. Of course, there were a few more people in my workshop. It was also this, it was ridiculously cheap. But I don't, 
you know, going back, I'm not sure it would change anything because first of all, it, was, it, it also lowered a little bit the pressure on me, right? Mm. In some ways. And also in the beginning, it was just about, you know, for me also getting some experience, getting some people yeah. who actually know me. Yeah. There's a lot of people who actually came to the workshop were people I know through, you know, my studies or something else who just like, ah, it's mm. going to be fun to try. Whereas now, if I'm if I'm going to do a a, a workshop uh, with the pricing, I mean, there are some people just like ah yeah, yeah it will be fun enough to try it. But most people, it's somebody who has already a little bit of you know a taste for it or been thinking about it for a while. Um, yeah, so I think it's a good way to to get started. And I would also like advise. Yeah, it's not it's not a, not a bad bad way to get started to to underprice yourself a little bit. But I think my advice to my old self would be, uh, you know, start start cheap and uh, and increase the price aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, you need to first like put your name out there and start some sort of network. But like, there's there's, I've heard many people or even experts talking about like what is the best way to start with this networking and like should you work for free? Should you devaluate your value by offering services without getting any money and this is a very polarizing type of subject and i think i think it mostly depends on your current situation where like how much do you do you depend economically from the things yeah. you're doing but for sure i think doing things for free especially early on when you don't have so much experience or for very cheap um is one of the best ways of one building that experience but also like starting to creating a network and planting seeds that then later on will sprout. Yeah. Uh, and I would say this could extend even to coaching where if you've never coached anyone of your coach, a couple of people, and you want to increase that, maybe don't advertise yourself as like, I'm coaching for free, but like start contacting people that you could do like these sort of deals of like, Hey, if you're interested in this, maybe we can try and set in some coaching for a couple of months. You know, I don't, I just do it for free. I help you out. And then this helps you a lot to develop your systems. Yeah. And then that person will be the best ambassador you can ever have because it's a person you've helped like reach maybe their first 10 second handstands. Of course, they didn't pay for it, but like they're going to speak so well about you that maybe you get later on two or three clients through them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can, you can think that you're doing, you know, some things for, for, for exposure. But of course, uh, yeah, going forwards, you don't want to do that, you know, too much. <laughs> it's nice to get away from it at some point. Yeah, I mean, I'm yes, I know. Like, I think, I think I will, it's something I will want to always keep doing a little bit free, like offering free, free things in that way. Maybe yeah. not like, <clears throat> yeah, I, I really think so. Um, and it depends, of course, on the situations. No, like if you're working with a client and suddenly they're like, "Oh, my situation has changed and I cannot pay, uh, so I need to stop." And if someone that if it's someone that you like working with, I personally, depending on the situation and how much I depend on on things, right? How much time I have available and depends on things economically. I think I, I would be very much like, "Hey, you know what, like." just forget about it for the next two months. I just, I just want to keep this relationship. Let's just keep doing. And if your situation changes, then you, you pay again, right? Or we do some sort of arrangement where you pay like much, much less, you know, like 
I think this long term, this can only help out rather than hurt your business. Always having in consideration how much wiggle room you have with your revenue, income, time and space and all of this. What can get dangerous about that, at least, is that uh, mm-hmm. my experience with my online coaches that with, with the people I'm coaching online is that uh, I encourage a lot of, you know, feedback going back and forth. So I feel with almost all of my online clients that it, it is kind of a, you know, a, you know, in the end, once they've been with me a few months, it, it feels like, you know, talking to a friend. Yeah. In a lot of ways. But I can't offer anybody, everybody who wants to stop it at some point for economical reasons uh, that, that we can just keep keep doing it until the, the situation changes. What I do mm-hmm. instead is that I don't offer the full package for free, kind of as a uh, as a principle uh, case, just to set some ground rules. But I will tell people that if they're stopping for financial reasons, like okay, I'm going back to to school, I don't have time to maybe work to get the money, it just doesn't you know feel right spending that much of my income. It's like okay, but you know, uh, it's not like you can't write me anymore. It's not like you like don't talk to me. Uh, feel free yeah. to you know if you know ask me for advice uh, or stuff like that. I'm I'm not gonna write your programs <laughs> anymore. Uh, but it's not like yeah, I'm not interested in, in helping you out in uh, in a reasonable fashion still. Mm. No, of course, like uh, it it's more of a case to case basis, and yeah, if you're having like twenty five clients, you shouldn't be doing ten for free, right? But like, I don't know. I feel like. In general, being open-minded to keep offering services without thinking about the money as like the another another thought or or thing I used to do was these handstand meetups in Copenhagen, where yeah, this was a few years ago before the pandemic. Um, so I did this like once per week on the weekend. Uh, I organized these meetups where people would come and we would practice handstands, and then I started doing some very basic classes that were completely for free. So it was like half hour of a topic where we did a warm up together and then I explained a concept and then we would just do things. And I could have offered that for five euro, like 35, 40 krona. But I consider that the, not, not just even selfishly thinking about the networking aspect of it, that I could get so much more people coming in if I would offer this for free. But also, I really enjoy this idea of like helping others, especially in that first step of yeah. of, of um, doing things. And this is something I miss a lot now that I don't do here because because of time mostly. But I like uh, that idea a lot. Uh, of course, I already know that you did did these meetings, and mm. yeah, that was a pretty awesome way to offer something uh, for free. Not not because you feel obliged to do do it, but just because I mean. It's pretty cool to be contributing and, and building a, a community like that as well. And then yeah. it's just a bonus that it's also going to be helpful for, you know, everything regarding your business, basically. Yeah. And of course, like, I mean, it's, it's a spectrum. Like, it's not like I, I give everything away for free or no, I'm no. not helping absolutely anyone unless you pay me money. There's a range there. But I think if, if you're in this because you like it and you enjoy it, um, I personally like to lean more towards the helping others for free, which has given me a lot of like, um, I don't know how to say it, but like there's been seeds that have sprouted into opportunities that came from these relationships with people that I've been helping out for free. Yeah. 
And of course, I'm speaking from a position where I'm not depending economically from this at this point in time. Um, but, you know, it's like it's more like a principle type of value thing that I want to keep moving forward. Like even if I would be in 10 years, an extremely successful coach, I would love to keep doing these free handstand meetups. Yeah. Definitely. I like that as well. What I think is just important is that uh, you need to make a uh, a clear decision with yourself is what am I going to, you know, where do I draw, draw the line? Mm, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe just to get back on, on topic also about this new beginnings, a um, <laughs> little bit of a tangent there. <laughs> a little tangent of like 20 minutes. <laughs> but I like how we got into the handstand meetups because like you did, you, you set up these these free meetings, which could also be a you know insanely nice way to just get some some uh, some experience teaching while also helping mm -hmm. build up a, a community. Yeah, um, and I think both of us has been lucky enough to start up our kind of coaching careers while studying. So it wasn't like uh, if I don't get enough people in my class if i don't get this client then i'm not going to be able to pay rent this month and um, so of course it also gives a little bit of a, of an extra wiggle room definitely mm. yeah yeah i i, I <clears throat> sorry i have this this approach also that at the beginning when we don't have so much experience either it can be either i'm not so good at what i want to teach yet it can be I'm not so good at transmitting what I've learned so I can teach others and also just like talking to people, leading a class, right? Yeah. These type of things. If you don't have that experience, I feel like your biggest asset is your time. So you can think that you're giving away this time to gain experience at the same time as you're building this type of, um, I don't know, like networking or 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 building a name in whatever community you're in. So like, you know, you can think a little bit even that the perceived value of your time will increase as your experience grows. Yeah. And that allows you to like, I don't know, like put, put a different price on it. Right. So like at the very beginning, <clears throat> it's very, very beneficial to set these, these things in motion where like I'm doing this to gain experience and at the same time starting to have a name or, or create a name in this. So yeah. like the, the total amount of meetups I did, I don't remember, but I might have done 15. That was 15 classes that I had with 10 to 20 people that came sometimes I never met, right? So it's totally new people. So like this experience had a huge impact impacting in how I teach my classes and how I lead my workshops. I mean, if I would have like, Oh, I cannot give any anything of my time for free. This needs to cost money. Then I would have have much much less experience in this regard. Yeah. And I'm trying to put a price on something that maybe is not so valuable yet. So I think this is an important thing in these like expectations at the beginning, where we need to set them also in this regard of like if you've never done a workshop, nobody knows about you that. Even if you're very knowledgeable, you cannot expect to set a workshop for. I don't know, a hundred euros for two hours no, no, and no. fill it up with 10 people because it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, definitely. 
in and, and of course also the first time you, you're going to teach if you haven't taught workshops before i mean you, you might be be able to still to, to teach a good workshop but you know you're not going to be at the top of your game i mean it's probably not going to be like the greatest workshop definitely like the first the first uh, podcast episode we did i mean it was all right i guess <laughs> afterwards <laughs> But lots of rainbows <laughs> and uh, talking at the same time, going out of tangents, uh, still doing it now this episode, definitely. Uh, but I mean, that that's kind of the, uh, the how, how things start out, right? You, you're going to suck at the beginning. And, and I mean, enjoy it. <laughs> it's all right to suck. You, For you sure. To be, to be great the first time. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, now we've been talking about like how it would be as a in, in our own personal business or in our own journey as, as teachers uh, starting out. Yeah, I don't know about, about you, but I think it's also something I often um, that I often feel it is important to to uh, to discuss with with my clients as well. If they have minimum experience, if they come to me, I mean, it's mostly especially the online people. It's mostly usually handstands of flexibility uh, combined with with some spring stuff. And even if they've been working on, on handsense flexibility for a while, I'm going to give them some stuff they, they've never done before, a lot of them, especially if they're that experienced. Um, and I mean, they, they're going to suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't practiced these specific things yeah. yet. And, you know, it, it's very different how people take it. Some are just like, you know, a bit like, ah, oh, fuck. This, I suck and that sucks. <laughs> If it's training, it's not great because I'm not good at this. And I'd be like, okay, but you know, slow down. Give it a couple of sessions. It's going to be all right. Let's just set expectations. I'm not like counting on you uh, succeeding in all your attempts now. I mean, usually I have this rule of thumb about trying to, to hit somewhere about 80% of success rate if you're working something like handstands. But if I'm giving a new drill, we're going to allow some slack, right? I'm not expecting you to just hit it perfectly on the first try uh, take it a bit easy uh, and the people who are, who are able to do that naturally you know without me really having to like shove it down the throats <laughs> uh, i often also see those people either having not always often you know better better progress uh, in the beginning possibly because they're going to get less frustrated while they train and frustration is not good for balance <laughs> Yeah, 100%. But, but they're also going to have a much, you know, much, much better time from, from the very start. If you have this, this uh, ability to cut yourself some slack and kind of like accept that, you know, embrace the suck. Mm. I guess at some point it would be also nice. This, uh, we, we should listen to our podcast to then have a list of topics that we mention as we go here. <laughs> but uh, talking about this very... F- the, the very early stages of starting a, a relationship with a, with a trainee, right? When we coach and, and what are some of the things in this, you have way more experience than me, but some of the things that we think is necessary to, to touch upon. And this, as you said, is a very important thing moving forward to set this, this thing and this context of like, first, I want to hear what are you expecting through this relationship? Yeah. And just also in general, what is your general approach when you train? Are you expecting like every time you do a skill-based exercise or practice or movement, is it just going to work? 
because especially this with beginners, I see super clearly when they're trying to learn how to kick up to handstand, right? Like they go in and they, the goal is just to invert. The goal is to get upside down. And then I really like to break it down in, in hey, we're, we're not practiced. Your goal is not to get upside down. Your goal is to this part of the kick up, which maybe is like the swing of the leg, the push of the second leg, having the shoulders on top of the hands. You're focusing only on this. So your only goal now is to keep, you're practicing on keeping the shoulders on top of the hands while you do the movement. It doesn't matter if you go up. And this is the success we're trying to find. And then it's, it's a big change in perspective because suddenly a practice that before with a previous approach would be a complete failure, suddenly it's like, actually, I'm improving. Actually, I'm doing so good. Yeah. Right. And, and it can change a lot the motivation of this person moving forwards. So like having this type of conversation to see where they are and, and trying to bring this new way of seeing things, it's extremely valuable. I, I really like this example. It's also very uh, a classic one, I would almost say. Uh, also, mm -hmm. it's about you could have people, you know, doing almost exactly the same thing, but just by changing the framing, we suddenly turn a failure into a success uh, experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also, when people have this of, I want to, you know, I'm just going to go for the full thing, the, the full kick up, get all the way up to, to an inverted position all the time from the very beginning. I like to to kind of compare it to to go learning to to learn a back tuck, and it, it would mm. be almost just like okay, you're just going to go for it. I mean, it could work. <laughs> for a lot of people, maybe not the best way. <laughs> maybe we can get <laughs> understanding a bit of, of what's going to happen first, mm. and then, uh, you know, build it up from there. I mean, it's yeah. not a perfect um, it's not a perfect comparison because you know some people are going to be fine with just going for back tuck, but you know, a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think still those people could have a better butt tuck if they would approach it in a different way properly. Yeah. Probably. But yeah, this this for sure we you, you can have the same approach when when starting your first events as a coach. And this of course we're we're talking as a from the point of view of of a coach teaching, but like in general in any kind of professional business, the first steps, the first things you do. Is this idea, like as you said, maybe what could what could seem a failure from a specific frame? If you look at it, it actually is an achievement. Like when I said that first workshop, it sucked that I had one person, but that means that I, I had one person, right? One person was interested in learning from me. So maybe like if I would go from the point of view of I'm going to do this and see what happens, you know, I don't have any expectations whatsoever, then I would be happy if I had two people rather than being sad that I didn't have eight. Um, and I think it's a very, very important thing. Also, if at some point we we're going to start bringing in the social media aspects of things. And this is a huge thing when talking about social media, where you can get so fixated in, in numbers that you don't realize that those numbers are people, right? Like having, yeah. having a hundred people liking a tutorial that you did, imagine, imagine explaining this exercise in front of a hundred people in a workshop, right? It's like. It's a lot of people. So having these expectations in regards of of um, of things in social media or this type of things with podcasts or whatnot can also be a big change that helps you keep that motivation to keep creating content and put it out there. Yeah. And just, just to touch upon these workshops again, I would also say that even if you set up a workshop and you're going to have to cancel it, maybe not gonna you know feel super nice 
but you probably learn something from it if you dig into it. I mean, our workshop that we are probably going to have to cancel, I mean, <laughs> the takeaway from that is going to be that, okay, too ambitious with the, with, with the time, the placement of the workshop, most likely. And, and the reason why we have a pretty good idea that this is the problem is because we've, we've, had, we've held basically the same workshop in Copenhagen in a weekend where we had a very decent uh, turnout um, mm. and we had a lot of people, uh, you know, contact us, write us. It's like, are you going to do the same one in Copenhagen? You know, because I would be very interested. Yeah. Uh, of, of people being like, uh, ah, are you going to do another one maybe in a weekend? Um, so a lot of takeaway points from, from, from that as well. And um, mm. I think also with, with experience, it gets easier to just be like, okay, this one didn't work out, but pretty nice and I'm going to get some, some data and I'm going to, you know, be useful for the next one. So next time you're in Denmark with us, we're going to do one you know, <laughs> in the weekend and maybe we're going to do it in Copenhagen instead. We're going to do both Aarhus and, and, and Copenhagen, who knows? Of course. <laughs> bring I'm in. I think a lot of the time it's, it's just a good idea to just... Um, Depending, of course, how much you have to to risk uh, to do it, but a lot of times it's just a good idea to just to quote Shia LaBeouf, just do it, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> uh, and I think I, I had a a few entrepreneur classes uh, when I was at, at the university. I think one of the things we learned was one of the points was that of course you need to kind of scout the market if it's like starting up a business, for example. But at some point you're not gonna get any more out of the preparer. You, you can't prepare anymore. Now it's just about like mm. giving it a shot because you can, you're not going to be able to control all the variables. At some point, you're just going to mm. give it a shot and then evaluate depending on, uh, on how things are going. And then, you know, try again <laughs> once you've looked at the data from your, from your first try. And I think, of course, that that applies to, to starting up any kind of, of business, but also, for example, to starting up with a client, client uh, writing a program uh, of course, if you're starting up with a client for the first time, maybe uh, you know you're not gonna have too much at stake other than your good name. Mm. But the thing that is at stake is, of course, also like the client's health if you do uh, too crazy stuff with them. And I also I teach um, the occasion where you become a certified personal trainer, and, and basically what one wants to make sure is that. Course, first of all, being able to write uh, decent training programs so you can get some results from. But more importantly, that they start and understand like the most important factors uh, that's going to ensure that we're not going to make people in risk to put maybe make people in worse shape. Uh -huh. um, yeah, the main factor there would be understanding how how to progress uh, training volume and intensity at a, at a reasonable rate, basically controlling. Mm -hmm. Total workload. Um, so of course that's that's a factor, but but probably the first program you're gonna write write for for a client is there's gonna probably gonna be room for improvement. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that's fine as long as, as progress is made. That that's uh, in in some areas, and if it's just somewhat decent, that that will probably happen. Mm. And that's probably yeah, that's no perfect program either. So just like hitting somewhat, you know. Something works is a good place to be. Like I would, I would like to like 
this this would change depending what is exactly what you're starting, right? So if it's a workshop, if it's classes, if it's like selling a product or whatnot, um, not having that expectation of the like, I'm, I don't have a finished product yet. I'm still figuring things out, right? So have have make put put a bar for yourself like the first the first five clients or the first five months of coaching that I do with a client things are not going to be perfect so like the goal is not to make things perfect right the first workshop you're going to do is not going to be perfect the first set of classes you're going to feel all over the place is extremely rare <laughs> in any type of business or for anyone that that you ask them how was the first program you created for a client? And they are like, it was absolutely perfect. I haven't changed a thing since. It's it's just it doesn't work like this. But that, that would also so, mean that you that you wouldn't have learned anything anything since then, right? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, you know, having having this expectation of I'm still learning as we go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to do my best, but but having in mind that your best now is not yet your best. <laughs> that is gonna be best later. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. So you're not gonna course, be at like, your final form. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's a. You can argue that it's a constant development, and you're always learning and always improving. But it's not a. It's it's, it's a curve that is not it's not linear. Like yeah. the first few months or few times you do an event or hold classes or work with a customer, um, the hopefully. <laughs> the development is going to be much higher than later on. So it's, it's a curve that starts very, very strongly increasing. And then it like, it decreases, decreases how much it increases. <laughs> so like, I think that's a very important thing. It's a very important thing. You're, you're still learning, um, as you're trying. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Awkward silence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's this meme of um, of uh, like a uh, of like three stages of, of different things, and usually it's like in in, in some sort of, of subject, right? But with this first, a very simple answer to a question, and there's just like some kind of dog saying that. And then you know, as you get smarter, you learn more about the subject. You start to get into this like you know. I know stuff and you see this guy in a you know a dark hoodie being like you know it's much more advanced all this stuff and then once you start to know really a lot you know almost everything about the subject you're back to okay it's actually super simple just like do this and this yeah yeah it's, it's very common also like when when somebody starts it starts a new thing like yeah say handstands they're one year into their practice maybe two years and they're like, I know everything. And then they're super confident type of coaches. And then four years in, five years in, you realize like it's way more nuanced and like things, you know, like maybe you would just start like not being so confident in what you say or just start yeah. being a bit more open-minded, right? And then again, you become way confident down the road. Like after none of us are yet there, I guess, but like after 10 years teaching, the way you see things has also a different flavor in that way. And I guess this happens in every in every field. Like when you know little about it, then yeah, you, it's like, I know, I know how this works. I read a blog about uh, computational uh, technology. I definitely know how this works. It's super easy. 
if I think there's also this stage about, you know, when you reach the point where you're like, I know everything, and you just start to give uh, like these sometimes oversimplified answers. Like, you must do this in a handstand. Yeah. Everybody should, yeah. Everybody's handstand should look exactly like this. Yeah. Um, and it especially, especially happens when you feel passionate about it, right? You, you see yeah. this a lot, like people that are just starting to know about training and they're like, this is this is how you get the muscles and like, this is how you should train. And yeah, giving a lot of advice, sometimes not asked for, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's, it's great. Like, I, I guess, depending on your personality, uh, it might express in a different way, but I think we all go through that phase in, in within what we learn. Um, so it's a normal part of the process as well, but just, just know if you're starting out on something, you know, like maybe try to remain humble when you're speaking to others and you're like publicly speaking in that way. Yeah. Have you heard about this, uh, what's it called a term or this phrase called a mindset or the beginner's mindset? I'm not sure if I heard about it. No, Shoshin, it's just this, I'm not an expert at all. And I think it's Japanese or something from Buddhism. It just means like this beginner's mind about having, um, you know, openness and eagerness when uh, when learning about something new. Not having, mm. this, but I already know a lot of things. So I'm going to like have kind of, you know, my barriers up. But just being open-minded and taking things in. Mm. Yeah, I think it's super important. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I I don't know if I've heard it like up in, in those terms, but of course it's like a common thing you hear when people talk about learning stuff. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're reaching uh, the 45 minute mark now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if uh, we should aim to try to finish the episode at this length, or think, is there uh, something lingering in your head you want to bring in? I think that there's lots, lots of things that will bring us on to uh, completely different topics. <laughs> but if we're going to just keep things uh, just like somewhat on topic, which is probably already a bit too late, but I mean, close enough. <laughs> Maybe we could have a section where we're like, after all of this talk, let's talk about something completely unrelated. And it's like, <laughs> I see you have a really nice new lamp in your living room, Mikkel, or something like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be about coaching, marketing, training, and interior design. <laughs> Well, you live in Denmark, so I'm very envious of what you can find over there that I cannot find here. Yeah, then I'm, I'm just, I must say. with interior design, then I'm just going to bring my my wife on instead of me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> bring her in, bring her. Let's talk about the uh, 50s tick design. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All right, but I guess we can finish up here. Yeah. So maybe some, some finishing pointers. Um Okay, how do we do a little summary of all of this? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to be at your peak performance when you start out. It's, it's okay to suck at the beginning. And sometimes, you know, the first time you do stuff, it is going to suck. But uh, maybe focus on the learning experience instead of uh, having to be an expert the first time you do things. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And... And really this, this idea of, of course, depending on your situation financially, um, you might be a bit more stressed than not about these things, but that's also an expectation that you should have. And maybe whenever you're starting a journey like this, you shouldn't expect that you can earn uh, an income 
that is enough for you to live from it when you're still starting and learning. So having that expectation could help you out decide having a side job where you like have a job that fills yeah. your pocket and this one that you're starting out and it's more like a long-term project. I would say like it takes at least a year to to get into like a system and, and, and make something work out so you can yeah. live from it. Yeah, I think that's that would be re re very realistic at least. And definitely got to mm. take a lot of stress away um, if you have some kind of, of backup um, that you can rely on. I mean, I was in a mm. very privileged uh, situation of getting, you know, in Denmark, once you finish studying, if you get, or if you're jobless, you got something called the uh, Dalping or day money. <laughs> <laughs> the day money. <laughs> yeah, the, the state basically, uh, you know, gives you some money each month until you you get a job or find something to mm. sustain yourself. So for the first five or six months, um, that's what I got. And then my business was up and running and um, things took off from there. Mm. But not everybody's going to be, you know, lucky enough to be able to, or be privileged enough to just be able mm. to focus completely on it without, without having it, doing anything else for, for income. Yeah, I mean, I was delivering food in Denmark for a full year while I was doing workshops and classes. Just, and it was really my my main source of income was was that thing. Of course, it was at the same time as the pandemic hit, so it's maybe the, the worst time to start a. Uh, handstand classes and coaching type of business yeah um <laughs> but you know having i already was working on that while i was like starting out before the pandemic hit so you know having that that b type of income plan b and 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 it, it will ease out a lot of that stress for sure oh. all right so if you have been listening until here, thank you so much for staying with us. <laughs> As uh, we said before, just uh, reach us on Instagram if you want to bring a topic or even just have a conversation about any of the things we talked about here. I'm pretty sure Mikkel and I would be happy to, to have a, a light chat about these topics with you. And uh, see you in the next episode.